Hello and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Pelin Keskin Liu, a producer and writer. I'm Jenny Jijang, a culture writer and critic. This week we're discussing Only Murders in the Building and The Guilty, one show and one movie about trying to help solve a case from the peripheries. Wow, that was a really natural... We're getting Tied. better at this every week. Yeah, babe. this one was like no work at all. And it's funny because they're so tonally different. I'm so, <laughs> Extremely. I'm so, I'm so excited for us. Um, how's your week been, babes? We had a week off. Oh, yeah. I, What'd you do on your break? The week off was really nice, um, even though I didn't really do anything. Caught up on work, caught up on naps, watched a lot of 30 Rock because I've returned for like the 15th time to, to rewatch one of my favorite shows uh, yes. of all time. I still need to watch the whole thing, actually. How far along have you gotten, like, ever? I feel like I've watched a total of, like, six episodes, real talk. Ooh. It's yeah. kind of hard because the first season takes a little bit to, like, settle in. It's mm. I think it only starts getting, like, very, very good when you get closer yeah. to the second season. Uh, one yeah. of those kind of shows. But I I encourage you to power through it at some point when you have some downtown, downtime. Just, like, still mm-hmm. some of the funniest fucking joke writing ever on TV. Okay. I'm down for that. Uh, how was your yeah? How was your break in the meantime? Well, so I was in the Midwest. Yay, Chicago, Yay, Midwest, Chicago, Illinois. Yay, yeah, Illinois was great, man. The weather was lovely. It's always funny being there because it kind of feels a little bit like a retreat mm-hmm. in that it's just empty and quiet. Nice suburbia, lovely suburbia. Uh, just the most fascinating time for me as a, as an outside observer, someone that grew up in the city. Yeah. Um, what what suburban things did you enjoy this time around? I went to the mall, babe. <laughs> Love it. The mall was great. There's like a big one near where my in-laws are. And, uh, you know, I just <laughs> I just told my husband, drop me off, fuck off, pick me up in a couple <laughs> of hours, uh, which is exactly what he did. And then I was just walking around Nordstrom, which is always fun. But, you know, Nordstrom sales associates, they're still racist. Would you believe it? Oh, yeah, it's well. I don't know if it was race or if it was like they took one look at me and was like, "She doesn't have any money," because <laughs> <laughs> I was carrying like a tote bag, just you know, giving that Brooklyn realness. Yeah, to, I, I went there on two separate occasions because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to have Nando's twice because there's Nando's oh, at nice, this mall, which nice. was fantastic. But it was fine though. I tried. Um, do you have Culver's where you're at? Yeah, occasionally in like some areas, it's popping up now. Yeah, I tried Culver's. That was good. I didn't get any of the savory stuff, but I got the like, shake. The shake. Oh, yeah, shakes shake are good. Shakes are banged. Good. Yeah, I got one with um like chocolate chip and then like cherries mm. and then like vanilla. It was really good. What's funny though about Culver's is I walked in. There's nobody under the age of fifty. <laughs> no, no. What's that all about? Why is that? No, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm like I'm asking you. It's like good observation, but. No, even as a Midwesterner, I cannot tell you. Is it because there's like a lot of roast beef on the menu? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know, these old white people love roast beef. Right? <laughs> it does like have kind of like this uh, old fashioned, old timey vibe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the, it is like actually a kind of like an old thing. Um, I think that so. I'm not aware like, of. I'm used to Portillo's being full of old people because I think there's, you know, there's a, there's a comfort in that Americano as well. Yeah. Uh, and I had my Portillo's Chicago dog, which I'm very, very happy about. It bangs every time. Um, but it's good to be back. And it's also good to be back on the pod. So I'm excited to chat. Yeah. Um, all right. Saying that, what 
have we both been watching this week? Because we, I think when you text me to say you were going to do this this week, I was literally in the middle of watching it. So I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, but go ahead, Jenny. Yeah. Uh, so this week I watched Only Murders in the Building. And to give a heads up, we have only been able to get to from episode one to four right now because it's all that's been released. Still, still enough there for us to talk about. Uh, yeah, so- I think. I definitely think that, like, as soon as something, like, vibe-wise or tone-wise or look-wise kind of feels a little bit different than everything else that we've been watching, I think we both, like, our ears perk up. Yeah. The vibes are definitely there. The vibes vibes are great. So this is a new mystery comedy series on Hulu. It was created by the Steve Martin himself, uh, as well as showrunner John Hoffman. There will be 10 episodes total with new episodes dropping every Monday. Uh, so by the time this episode comes out, the fifth episode will have also come out. But basically, it's about three neighbors in this huge and historic and gorgeous Upper West Side co-op. Uh, there's Charles, who's played by Steve Martin, who is an actor who was once kind of famous for like an old cop show in the 1980s. Uh, there's Oliver, played by also the great Martin Short, a Broadway director who was once kind of like a rising star. But he has been struggling to finance his shows and just like flopping all over the place, uh, kind of in financial dire straits. Uh, and then there's Mabel, played by <laughs> Selena Gomez, who is a 20 something woman who is kind of private, mysterious. We don't know that much about her, um, how she came to live there. And she has kind of like hidden secrets about, you know, her ties to the building as well as events that happened in the past. So this trio, they come together because they all love this one true crime podcast, which, of course, like a true crime podcast, we're going to make their their TV debut at some point. So once a mysterious death occurs in their building, they decide to create their own true crime podcast uh, in order to investigate that death and any others that may occur, which is where the the name of the show comes from. They're like, we're only going to murder, like investigate only murders in the building, like keep it local. Yeah. So <laughs> um, that's kind of the 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 whole thing. Um, but although it is like you know the the framework, of course, is this kind of mystery, this true crime element. But it is also very much about living in this building, being neighbors with each other, kind of each of their individual uh, issues or things that they have going on, and kind of what happens uh, to them in their personal lives as they pursue this project together. But uh, the first thing I will say that caught my attention about this is, well, first critics were like pretty positive about this overall. So I was like, gotta watch this. But also it's just like the premise is so random, I'll say for lack of a better word. Mm. Like you have Steve Martin who has never acted in like a continuous TV role you have Martin Short, who is like a, a comedy partner of Steve Martin, so that's not like too off base. But then you have Selena Gomez as well. And yeah. now she's like known as a pop singer, but of course she has acting roles. She came up as a Disney child on mm. Wizards of Waverly Place, where she was actually pretty good. But yeah, it's kind of like a grab bag of like stars and like what it's about and, and genre and kind of that. But I don't know. I am liking what I'm seeing so far, despite not having much uh plot to go off of yet. Yeah. The way that I'm kind of treating it, it's not the most like intelligent show, mm-hmm. but it's definitely fun. And I think it knows that it's fun. And I also appreciate the like 
end of episode reveals and the stuff that kind of makes it feel a, even more of like a mystery and like things you didn't see coming or like whatever it might be. Yeah. So I, I nice like that. Serialized, it's fun. Yeah. This nice serialized yeah. format that does, it drives like true crime podcast episodes and it's like yeah. driving this. It's like, you know, a nice old fashioned convention that I think keeps people going. And yeah. I totally agree. I think Judy Berman, who is a critic for time, of course, uh, she kind of summed it up really well when she was like, Sometimes a mild, witty, middle-brow comedy that isn't trying too hard to be virtuous or subversive or timely really hits a spot. And it yep. is hitting the spot. It's just it's it, just it nice totally is, watching. Yeah. Um, I think primarily it's just like so charming. <laughs> the vibes of it, as we alluded before, the setting, this like incredible building on the Upper West Side. Uh, so much of like the, the kind of feel and mannerisms multiple critics have compared it to like it's kind of like the new yorkers talk of the town or shouts and murmurs like mm. brought to life like mm. even the yeah. the title font but i'm i'm really liking it, especially i think the the new york aspect of it all yeah it's and like, it's, a, it's a very particular new york world that i think everybody yes. enjoys watching on screen you yeah know? like think woody allen kind of except not yeah. fucking creep <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's like this kind of uh nostalgic definitely like uptown image of new york mm, this mm, like the, yeah. like i said this building which is fictional um in this story but it's based and was filmed at the real bell nord which is on 86 and broadway just like oh, this very yeah beautiful image of like an old-time new york but mm. also this kind of like old-timey new york uh loneliness yeah. which is all these three characters who are isolated and struggling in different ways like yeah steve martin's character is kind of like an uh, like a shut-in like an isolated shut-in who also is like haunted by his previous relationship and stuff like that and then you have martin short's character who is like most definitely he like like i said he has financial problems he might get kicked out of his beloved apartment mabel selena gomez's character is kind of interesting because sometimes it seems like she's on a totally different show yeah i, I don't know if it's just because of the the her age like gener generationally or like where she's at but like there are the scenes of her sitting in her apartment she has like her macbook she is mm -hmm. just like investigating stuff and it, it's very modern in a way that is a little yeah. bit jarring <laughs> she's giving a little bit of like a shonda rhymes yeah vibe totally yeah, yeah. so it's I guess maybe that's by design, but mm. sometimes it doesn't quite gel and vibe-wise. But yeah, I mean, I like seeing how these three very, you know, famous and successful performers, like, work together in different ways. Yeah. I yeah. love seeing Steve Martin again. He's just, as you said, he is a legend. And I feel like it's been a while since he's, like, done anything. Yeah, and let me explain something to anybody that's under the age of 20 listening to this. Like, <laughs> his, his movies... I feel like, first of all, they were one of the few things that, like, my parents let me watch. Even though they're very crude, if you think about it now, they just did, they just didn't speak enough English to understand what the fuck was going on. Mm -hmm. But, like, that slapstick, like, him and Jim Carrey raised me, essentially, mm. <laughs> just in the comedy world. So I'm very, I'm very happy to see him as well. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily funny in this. No. Um, his character's a little bit of a downer. Yeah, he's a bit of a grouch, but whatever, you know, like sometimes you just need to see these people on screen yeah. before they die, which is really sad. Oh my it's God. Basically that. Yeah. <laughs> but, he's 76. But, yeah, I, I mean, he's getting up there, man. I know. He looks good for his age. I'll he looks that. very good for his age. Like man's, man's, man's looking like he's like early 60s or something, yeah. you know, like whoever his surgeon is, like shout out to him. <laughs> I, I will say that like, I feel, 
I agree with you in that Selena Gomez was a little bit like an odd fit. And I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt because I don't think she's necessarily a bad actress or anything. She was Um, great um, as a teen in in Wizards of Waverly Place, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that she is, I guess, appropriate for this type of film. Like we talked about Woody Allen. She was in a wood, the most recent Woody yeah, Allen a rainy film, day I think, A Rainy Day New York. Yeah. And what's funny is that I, I know that a lot of people like did not expect her to sound like this. A lot of people that aren't familiar with her voice mm-hmm. outside the realm of singing. Mm-hmm. But she does have such an old timey voice. Yeah. Do you, it's nuts. Like she sounds like someone pulled out of the 1950s. <laughs> Like if you and what I mean by that is literally just like, oh George, what where are you going? You know, like that that whole like she has that voice, which is like nuts. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's like, it sounds weird when she talks because it kind of feels like she's putting on a voice, but like no, that's yeah. actually her voice. Um, and I guess it kind of fits the vibe of the film because it fits like the apartment and like her castmates or whatever. But yeah, let's. I'm, I mean, it's still early days. You know, I still yeah. feel like there's a lot of her that's not being revealed which is by design and yes. i don't want to hold it against her essentially yeah so and i think i read uh maybe in a times piece uh reported piece she said herself she's like i think you can tell in the first episode especially you know i was a little bit nervous mm. and still trying to like uh settle into this role but i think i like definitely like improved as, as mm. we progressed so i i do hope we will see more of that uh as they move yeah. into the latter half of this season but yeah i will also shout out martin short who i think i think yeah, i'm enjoying man. his performance the most by far uh-huh. um just like actually quite a lot of the the charm and emotional core and also just like a really killer like natural performance like you believe mm-hmm. all of his flaws but you believe all of his charisma as well as this character yeah. which i think is like very uh accurate to to martin short himself yeah what do you think about his dip diet <laughs> It's uh, very reminiscent of, I guess, college days, but... Yeah, man. I mean, it was very... I find his, like, situation, yeah, to be, like, quite quite sad. Like, the yeah, most sad really out of sad. anyone yeah. in the show. Um, yeah. And you can see, like, his love of theater and how much he just... He is, like, a creative spirit. He is meant to, yeah. like, cr- create stuff, which is why he wants to do this podcast. Yeah. But he is, like, hindered by all of these mistakes of years past and you can see like he has a rocky relationship oh, with his family and yeah uh yeah kind of the the most pathetic or, or sad character in many yeah. ways but he is like so jubilant and like uh charming in other ways that sometimes you forget that you're just like oh this guy is yeah this guy is like suave he knows how to he knows how to charm his enthusiasm is like etched on his face yeah. which makes him such a good actor like mm-hmm. yeah definitely and like the his whole like story you're you're, you're absolutely right it's so sad mm-hmm. because it's kind of like also every creator's worst nightmare right <laughs> that they're just gonna sink millions and millions of dollars into like projects that they that they completely fumbled yes um, I mean, it, that, that's why I'm more invested in him because I feel like yeah. his story is a little bit more, that there's more investment going into it. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree. The other two, I don't know. Like, I feel like we kind of figured out Steve Martin's character's deal like very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's anything more there. We'll yeah. See. And then Mabel, of course, uh, we still just don't really know much about, but hopefully that, hopefully that along with like more of the actual central mystery will be yeah. revealed as, as it stands right now it's still quite uh, like not much has been revealed in terms of like where this mystery is going 
Yeah. Um, and also like the kind of uh, whimsical nature of the show and how it winds this way and that way goes mm. makes these like personal detours. It makes it kind of hard to predict uh, even more like what is going to happen next. Like there yeah. was a whole episode dedicated to Sting, who is like played by the actual Sting. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> which is great. But obviously, I think it's not going to amount to anything in terms no. of like the plot. Um, yeah. But we I'm, love a misdirect. Yeah. So. I'm kind of yeah. just along for the ride and the vibes right now. Yeah. Um, but that being said, do you have any predictions or thoughts on what is going to happen or the ultimate question, I guess, uh, of like, who did it? All right, so boom. This is this is what I've got. Okay. So I feel like Kono, the guy that dies. Yeah. I feel like he's the one that actually pushed off Shorty out of the friendship group. Okay, okay. And I feel like the dude that actually went into jail is like just got out of jail mm-hmm. is the tie-dye guy. Like it's a tie-dye hoodie guy. Oh, the one who was going up the the, the stairs. Yeah. So he okay. he killed Kono as revenge because it was like you ruined my life. You're the one that actually killed her. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Mabel ends up accidentally killing him in a struggle. Hmm. Or or okay. somebody else somebody else kills him. Somebody else kills him, and she walks in on the thing and is trying to save him. Okay. And that's why, and that's how we get season two because then we try and figure out who killed the tie dye guy. Ah, I see. So it's gonna be <laughs> just like this, this continuing like generation of content for uh the, this podcast and the absolutely. Show. Did you ever watch Pretty Little Lies? No, but I know is it Pretty Little Lies or Liars. I it is Pretty Little Liars. I yeah, liars, I know yeah, like yeah. the initial premise, although I. I feel like there was a lot, there were a lot of developments that I have no idea That's because the thing. I did not the, watch a show. Yeah, th- this is what it is. Like, before they even solve the initial mystery, they add another one on top of it. And then that's <laughs> how, it, I'm serious, like, this is how it kind of went on for so long. And it kind of started to become, like, the in-joke for a lot of people watching it. Where they <laughs> okay. were just like, I guess we'll never know anything and we'll just <laughs> keep adding questions. So I kind of feel like maybe that's that's part of the, the strategy that they've got going on yeah. for the following seasons, yeah. It I love be. the premise, though. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's such a smart premise. Like three true crime wankers, like <laughs> try and solve a mystery, and like look how much they fumble it because it's stupid. Yeah, um, the actress that plays the detective at the very beginning that kind of scolds them for for trying it. Yeah, um, that sort of meta point. So good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's there is like that sort of like uh, mild critique that they are hinting at, although they're not like outwardly, you know, in a didactic way, like condemning it, but they are like winking and nodding at that which i think is like smart and i think also the uh tina fey cameo was kind of cool and like how she was like okay the next season of this true true crime podcast within the show is going to focus on that true crime podcast with yeah in this i don't know a lot of like meta sort of stuff going on yeah Um, it is genius though yeah i do i do love the scene where she gets bought yeah, um, the acquisition, very, uh, so good. <laughs> very, what is it, like, Gimlet, uh, serial yeah. vibes. Yeah, I, I do love that, though, because I, I, it suggests that something way worse is happening. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Like, okay. the fact that the teaser is that they open up with a, with a SWAT team rolling in, I think is like, ooh, mm-hmm. wonder how we get there. Yeah. But we'll see. And I guess we will, we will find out. We'll I'm find out, babes. Excited for the journey. <laughs> I guess moving into you, Palin, mm. you have, we are doing like a 180 on, on tone right now 
What did yeah. you watch this week? So you know me, I love me an intelligent thriller bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so basically, I had like a bunch of films that I could pick from on Hulu. So shout out to Hulu, first of all. They're really like doing it with the cinema angle. But I ended up wanting to watch The Guilty, which is, again, on Hulu. The reason why I wanted to talk about this, it will be revealed in a second, but this is, it's a Danish film that was released in 2018, and it is Gustav Moller's debut. He wrote and directed this film, and it ended up being, like, just critically acclaimed, essentially, Mm -hmm. both in Denmark and any neighboring European countries. Mm -hmm. Um, It was submitted as Denmark's best foreign film submission at the Academy Awards in 2018. It did not end up making the nominees list, but that's fine. It is a worthy submission. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why I wanted to talk about it is because there's an American version coming out very, very soon, October 1st. It is directed by Antoine Fuqua. It is written by my favorite himbo writer, Nick Pizzolatto of True Detective fame. (laughs) (laughs) And it stars my other favorite himbo, my New York himbo, Jake Gyllenhaal in (laughs) in the leading role. So I don't really care about like oh, you shouldn't make an American version of an of an international film that already exists. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I think you can me- remake whatever the fuck you want. And if it means that more people find out about the original film, then that's fine. Do I think Americans should watch more international cinema? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but I find it interesting that they wanted to remake this film. I think it's actually really smart. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But... I just want our listeners to watch this one first. That's kind of why this is my pick this week. Yeah. So we, uh, Jenny and I both watched it last night, basically back to back. Like, I think you were half an hour out from me. I was Uh half an hour ahead of you. Yeah. Um, but we had a great, I, I personally had a great time. I don't want to, I don't mean to speak for you, but we were texting. Oh yeah, totally. Um, fucking great film bitch oh my god it's been a minute since i've watched a film like this i'm very very happy about the hour and a half that i spent nice and tight but just a very very riveting and entertaining hour and a half and Um, we will um we will avoid spoiling stuff so you can feel free to listen i think to some extent we want you to go into this as blind as we did because i really think that that's it's imperative for your enjoyment of this this is a it's a thriller you know so Don't try to read up on it. Don't like, don't read the wiki summary or whatever. I avoided that this time and I'm so glad I did. Um, Yes. It is not a scary movie. This will not scare you. So don't worry about like needing to spoil it because you're a pussy. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So um, to give you a little bit of a TLDR, uh, Jacob or Jacob, who knows with these Danes. (laughs) I'm just going to say Jacob. So Jacob Sedegren. He plays Asker Holm, who is a Copenhagen police officer who is essentially assigned to taking emergency calls while awaiting a disciplinary hearing. Yeah, for dispatch. a work. Yeah, he's he's a dispatch. Yeah, exactly. So he's the reason why he's waiting for the disciplinary hearing is because of something that happened involving him at work. As a police officer, I'm sure you can guess what that is. <laughs> um, so this movie, it's essentially it's setting limitations. You know. This is shot in only two rooms, the location. Visually speaking roles, there are three to four people. Mm-hmm. And off-screen speaking roles, there is about six or seven people. And they're all on the phone. So if you have ever seen and you loved the film Lock, the Stephen Knight movie that stars Tom Hardy, 
and also Phone Booth that stars Colin Farrell. Not a Stephen Knight movie, but also another film. Um, if you like those types of films, this is right up your alley because it's basically the same thing. It's just one guy trying to solve a bunch of problems on the phone. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, you know, Asuka has, has a particular problem that kind of lands on his lap that he feels because of like where he is in his life right now, he feels like obliged to try and fix it. So this problem is that a woman has been kidnapped and he's trying to save this woman that's been kidnapped. If you watch the trailer for this and also the Fuqua one that's coming out, you kind of get the gist of it. But this is why it makes sense as to why Antoine Fuqua wanted to remake this for the pandemic. This was shot pre-pandemic, like 2018, uh, but it is perfect for it. And yeah. it's perfect for in a way that doesn't feel forced, like a lot of these pandemic movies and shows feel forced in. I particularly appreciate, and I've always, like, Locke is one of my favorite movies. Once you set limitations with movies, what can you do with dialogue? What can you do with building tension? What can you, can you do with, like, camera angles and timing and editing? And you really, really see that in this film. Yeah. There's a particular shot that I was, I'm still obsessed with. It's like a slow zoom in to the protagonist's face very slow while he's like zoning out basically mm-hmm. um and then he someone like touches him and like he jumps because he doesn't realize that the phone is ringing yeah and that's basically what it feels like in real life dude like yeah. if you have ever zoned out and someone's like what, what the fuck are you doing and you're just like oh okay it's just perf- expertly done honestly yeah i was astonished actually at like like these limitations like you said it literally takes place in two rooms and you can't see a whole lot physically aside from like uh what's on the face what's going on with the hands uh but still one of the most just like riveting can't take your eyes off the screen films i've seen i think in a long time and part of that is to do with like what's going on of course part of that is this excellent performance by uh who is just like Every subtle twitch on his face and his hands, like that, that se- that says something, that conveys something, that the yeah. sweat beating down his forehead, like all of that, uh, and the yeah. very excellent like voice work all around, yeah, uh, just like ugh, wow, and this sound is, like, design, wow, yes, like the footsteps approaching the door over the phone that you hear, and then like the, the yeah. traffic in the background and totally. all of it, it just came together beautifully. I completely agree with you about Seda Green's performance. I feel like there's something about Danish acting that doesn't feel forced. And I think that's maybe it's a European thing. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. be interested. I think I text you to say that, like, I think Jake's going to body this performance. I also, <laughs> which I believe that he will. I think he'll be great in this. Like, it's not the first time he's been he's been a cop at a cubicle getting mm-hmm. stressed out. Like, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Prisoners. Um, but I... I'm curious to see the difference in performance with an American versus a Danish yeah. person because I, I kind think of do he's see good. some differences. Like, oh yeah, future, like even yeah. in the trade, even in the trailer, like he's so much more. Like the Americans are just so much more emotional, right? Yeah. Like with with their performances. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, it's really yeah. like there is like a I don't know if it's like Danish actors or like Sedgren, but like there's like a very kind of tight discipline like a steely mm-hmm. discipline um, yeah but but totally natural like not force at all just but just like you can see this this core of just yeah uh, that rigid discipline i don't know it's, yeah. it's fascinating it was fascinating to watch it it is yeah and like even in the most like emotionally vulnerable moments he is very conservative with the amount of like there's no tears in this which is fascinating because mm-hmm. you can definitely he can definitely be crying like yeah midway through it yeah um 
but there's only like short bursts of anger that he he kind of hedges a little bit. It's just really, really well done. I, I feel like it's the strength of it, honestly, because as the viewer, that allows you to be like, oh my God, like, because you're just astounded by everything that's happening as it's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, <laughs> I think in general, the the building of tension, there is honestly nothing more eerie than a ringtone, like the, t- the tone of a phone call coming in. And there's a <laughs> lot of that. And as someone that is anxious about receiving and putting out phone calls, this was very tense for me personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, I come from that generation that hates to call, but I do, I, do, I am also, I also do prefer phone calls, which is, you know, the duality of man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just, I really, really can't recommend this movie enough. Um, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely want everybody to watch it and especially so that we can take a look at the, the American version of The Guilty because First of all, the reason why I like it is not just to see the cultural differences with filmmaking, like with European versus American, but also to kind of, to try and see like the difference between directors, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Um, this is a first time filmmaker and I think he fucking crushed it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Antoine Fuqua who has done a bunch of films. Whether or not you're a Fuqua fan is besides the point, but I think I'm interested to see Fuqua's version of this. I'm also interested to see how it changes culturally. Like, I did not know that dispatch callers had that much technology in their hands. Did you know that they could like locate, like they could just pinpoint your name and your and your location and get everything up? Or is that is that like a Danish thing? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I still don't know. Like, what is the extent? Like the the American versus like the the Danish sort of like dispatch system. How does it's got to be worse here? It's got to be worse. (laughs) Surveillance city. I kind of feel like with regards to anything uh, logistical, administrative, governmental, it's probably a little bit better in Denmark than it is in America. So I'm curious to see if they... But then again, like, has have American filmmakers lied about how advanced cops and right. any of their technology right. is in films? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I time. mean, like, one of the interesting things <laughs> is I was texting you last night is uh, when I was maybe halfway through the movie, I was like, this is like very impressive like great yeah. copaganda you know yeah if, yeah if i if i had to call it that um yeah and then you were like just you wait and it yeah it could very easily like you could very easily if you just watched part of it or if you just saw the premise you could slot this under like uh oh yeah it's more just like you know positive press for the police like a positive yeah. media portrayal of like a dedicated cop yeah um but it is much more than that uh yeah which I think is like all that we can say, but it's, it flips the script. I think it yeah. ends up being much more, much more complex and saying much, something much more complicated about quote unquote justice as well as like yes. the role of judgment and yeah. subjectivity versus objectivity. Um, just like all these things that go into the, the law enforcement and, and like justice system. Exactly. Yeah. And with regards to like intent and the result of the intent mm-hmm. and what that means, it's just, yeah, it, it's so much more thoughtful. And I guess it's why I kind of feel like the American version might not really yeah. go into those nuances. I'm like reading uh, some headlines for the American version, which will come out on Netflix. Um, but the first the result that came up when I searched this is New York Post. Netflix pinches pennies with cheap cop thriller, The Guilty. <laughs> oh, well. It's the post. So you have to really uh, probably but, not trust it that much. But interesting. Well, I don't know how it will be. 
That's oh, I fucking hate the post, man. Uh, it's also like, it, it, of course, this is a cheap production. This was yeah. a cheap production in in Denmark. You it's know? just like a couple of rooms. Yeah, it's just a couple of rooms, and you just pay a bunch of actors to go into the recording booth. Like what? Anyway, I'm not. I'm certainly not looking forward to any of the discourse if it comes out about how this is a hard and fast propaganda because I don't think so, and I also like I don't necessarily like this protagonist. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's okay. <laughs> like yeah. it's fine and it, I mean, his it goes role is mainly to align the viewer and the uh protagonist like yeah. the viewpoints that is yeah. like his primary function yeah and like uh, that totally succeeds yeah you know this is something that we talk about with regard re- with regards to like the pure morality of films and like who we have a, as a protagonist and it's like this is not like this film opens and i don't like this guy he's a fucking dickhead you know, like he is like the classic cop that judges you as you're doing. Yeah, like he that even judgment when he, is like very key to this whole like thread. Yes, and it's I just I really like how this film kind of resolved itself truly. Um, and I just I'm hoping that the American version does because I know that more people are gonna fucking watch the American version. So yeah. I'm curious about that. I, this is why I want the listeners to watch this version because I think that it's just again it's yeah. a little bit more intelligent. Um, and watch this one first. Like, yes, definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, shout out to men taking phone calls and being stressed out. What's not to love? This week in culture, we are going to talk about the Met Gala, which, as of record time, has not happened yet, but uh, it will be happening on Monday. By the time you listen to this, it will have already happened. So, for the Met Gala, of course, it's returning this year after missing out uh, last year due to COVID. And the theme this year is in it's in like, America, a lexicon of fashion. Yeah, like new new American fashion. Yeah, um, we don't really care about that stuff. But boring thing, <laughs> so boring. What, what we thought would be interesting is basically at Gawker, we have received some gossip about the Met Gala, and in particular, who may or may not be going due to possible vac status. Mm-hmm. So we published this as blind items. Um, I'll link it in the show notes and, and such. But I wanted to have Pellin guess who these possible people are the the names these famous names for these blind items this is going to be very entertaining because i'm really not on celebrity gossip culture so we'll see how this goes yes i will not necessarily confirm or deny okay because that is the nature of blind items yeah and also i will say all of this is allegedly because i do not want to get sued allegedly allegedly that's just our top note all allegedly um <laughs> but Okay, Pellin, I will go ahead and read each of these. There are three blind items connected to the Met Gala that uh, are up at Gawker right now. Yeah. So and I'll read it to you. And to any of our listeners also, like, please feel free to guess with me and like tweet at us what you yeah. think. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And again, we'll not deny or confirm, but maybe. What I can do is possibly provide more hints because I, I do know the answers because... I don't know. You're the keeper I, of I, knowledge. I'm privy. I'm privy to this knowledge. You, you're the keeper of knowledge, babe. <laughs> you're okay. the Sphinx. So, um. okay, I will start with number one. And I did not write these blind items. I'm not really familiar with blind item language, but mm. there are like supposed to be clues within the the wording of things. So, okay, number one: which two supermodels, a candle and a Christian wife, have procured fake vaccination cards for the event? 
Right, one second. My neighbor's dog is barking. Oh, as I, I as I think, as I think. Um, so he thinks it's Candle, aka Candle, right? It's got to be Candle. And then mm. Christian wife has got to be Haley Bieber. So I'm going. I'm, I, she is very Christian. So I'm going with Kendall Jenner and Haley Bieber because they they seem like the dumb bitches that would get fake vaccination cards. They don't want to miss out at this party, bruv. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so I'm going with those two. All right, will not confirm or deny. Great. <laughs> moving on to number two. I love to not know if I'm right. <laughs> I'll tell okay. you offline after this, but moving okay. on to number two for right now. All right. Which famous, and this is kind of a two-parter, uh, so mm. I'll just read the whole thing. Which famous okay. family sibling and his singer girlfriend broke the new rules and won't get vaccinated? They might share one kiss, but not at the Versace table, which mm. has replaced them with a newly minted slash frequently papped couple who may arrive in a bike. Okay, so we've got to figure out the famous sibling with a singer girlfriend, right? Yeah, that is the the first part of this this item. So it can't be can't be the Kardashians because Rob Kardashian is bless his heart probably too ashamed to go out. Not Met Gala material. Don't think he has a single girlfriend anymore either. God, my oh. neighbor's dog has so many opinions. All right, so the neighbor's dog is saying <laughs> <laughs> is saying that it might be the yeah he agrees and then um. Cause isn't the isn't the son what's his name I've forgotten it but isn't he dating so I think those two and then the Versace table newly minted frequently papped couple okay so that's either Zoe and Channing or it's Benefer and I'm trying to think of who would sit at a Versace table and it's definitely going to be Benefer isn't it is Ben going to fucking roll in with a bike no he's not is he does he even have a bike the bike hint may or may not be literal. May not, but maybe, but may may. may I mean, not who? Literal. Well, okay, so all right. Well, Zoe and Channing also have been rolling around on that fucking bike, so hmm. cannot confirm or deny. Okay, the good guesses. All um, right, so it's either one of those two. I don't know. <laughs> all right, and uh, number three, which actress claims that she will be filming the second season of her hit show instead of attending the Met Gala, but she's actually just unvaccinated. This could be a, this could apply to a lot of actresses. Probably. So many. All right, who shot one season of TV? Is it is it Lily Lily what, Lily Cole or whatever the fuck the Emily in Paris shorty? But she I'll just say got the the hit show. Have we talked about the hit on... show? No, we have not talked about the hit show because it the first season came out before we as a podcast existed. Hmm. And I'll also say it is an HBO show. Allegedly. <gasps> Allegedly, maybe. Bitch, is it Oh my god. It is? Oh my god. Oh my god. Cannot confirm or deny. That's so that's so disappointing. She did say, I think when she was in Venice recently, she said she would not attend the Met Gala because she is filming uh, season two, but cannot <sighs> confirm or deny. Wow. Okay. What is the deal with celebrities not getting vaccinated? I know, See, a part that's the of me, real question. That's the real I question. Feel, I feel like the real reason is because they don't need to be around a bunch of fucking people. Maybe. And, and I feel like they're shook or they're scared about possible side effects. Because they buy into the whole like Cal- California lifestyle, like uh, natural wellness. 100%. Kind of 
Because athletes are doing the same thing. Athletes are like pulling the fucking hippo card. (laughs) Like as as the way they're like, it's so stupid. It's just a bunch of like dizzy dumbos that are... Oh wow, that's but so they're exposed sad. to so many people, like not yeah. normies, but people well, who they, do have to like. They've been doing fashion week, normies. like Venice Film Festival. Like they've been out here, bruv. Like they've been traipsing around Europe in restaurants and shit. Yeah, like I mean, are you not scared? Are you not like? It's so mad to me that like you have an ideal life and you could fuck it up. Yeah, and like sick. it's so easy. I'm sure to get the vax for them. Like I'm sure they could literally arrange a private house call if they needed to. Oh yeah. So then, baby, that's I not it. That's not it though. It, that's not it. I that's guess. It. I guess not. Yeah. It has to be something else. I'm just like baffled every time I hear about this kind of gossip because yeah. there is like gossip around like yeah. which celebs are vaxxed or not and. And the thing is, every time I'm surprised. Do they have? And the thing is, all these people they have access to like the special cocktail of drugs that you get given if you are like Donald Trump, for example. So I feel like they all have access to that. Yeah, they're just like worst case. I'll just like they're gonna get the Joe Rogan treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I don't know. It's so fucking dumb. It is a reminder that like celebrity is just like oh, they're all dumb. (sighs) Yeah disappointingly so they're just like and this is it's fine like no one expects them to be like scholars or anything like they're here to entertain but at the same time like when it comes to something like this are you fucking kidding me like basic safety or whatever yeah again these are all just guesses we are all doing allegedly practice and like us talking about dumb celebrities is literally like they're these are blind items they're talking about somebody so it's like these are are like famous one way or another yeah they're they're attending the freaking met gala Right, right. It's going to be so dry, bruv. Like, the Met Gala is going to be so fucking dry. I don't even know how they're going to do that theme. It's so boring. Because, like, even when the theme is interesting, they're fucking boring about it. And the most interesting by far in recent memory was the uh, Catholic, or, like, our heavenly heavenly bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, great fashion all around. Excellent fashion all around. Um, I feel like Kim Kardashian is probably going to pull something out of the bag. She's been going a bit batshit since she broke up with Kanye, with Kanye like in terms of like the fashion looks. Mm, I haven't she, been, been paying attention. I feel like she showed up in like a full gimp outfit the other day. <laughs> Good for her, man. Yeah. Get your freak on. Um, I guess so. But yeah, so, I guess we'll, 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 I, I will personally be um, ranking the looks once they okay. start rolling in. So you might, you might be tweeting. Okay, so I follow, follow Pellin, um if you don't already. Yeah. And, and catch, catch some of her running commentary. You know me. I love fashion. I love yeah. fashion, bitch. Oh, I, I look was... forward to see like your, your rating. I look forward to seeing your, your analysis and judgment of these outfits. Thank I you so much. I'm excited to, to give it. Yeah. It's funny because I was in New York. I was in Soho. I was in New York. I'm in New York. What? Anyway, I was in so I was in Soho yesterday. Just I had lunch with a friend and was like walking around and the fashion week fashion girls week are everywhere. ow. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. 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 I saw there was a show. I think the Moschino show at uh, Bryant Park, like by the yeah, like right yeah. behind the library. Yeah, they do. They, I, th- I feel like they're just rinsing all the outdoor locations right now. Yeah, which is fair. Like whatever. Good, um, good sightings, I guess, if you're into uh, fashion. Yeah, yeah. We love fashion. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> this is a wrap-up. Feel free to check out this. Share your, your guesses with us if you have any. Feel free to tweet at us or, yeah. uh, you know, just DM us privately. And Again, cannot confirm or deny any of these. No. So... That was us this week. Please let us know if you're watching anything. There is so much TV and films coming out 
Oh my god, I'm so excited and I'm also so overwhelmed. Huge shout out to the Matrix 4 trailer that recently came out. I'm already like <laughs> fucking pumped for it. But if there is anything that's flying under the radar and you want us to kind of, you know, peep it, please let us know at criticismisdead at gmail.com or just at us or DM us at criticism is, bleh, fucking hell, criticism is dead or one word on Twitter and Instagram for extended show notes, including links to everything that we've been talking about and, and more because Jenny's an absolute superstar. Please subscribe to criticismisdead.substack.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you can swing it. Please tell a friend about us, which is actually the real currency here. But yeah. we will we will see you all next week. Thank you so Bye. much for listening. Bye. Criticism is Dead is produced by Pelin Keskin Liu and Jenny Jijang. Our music is by Rika. Our artwork and design are by Sarah Macias and Andrew Liu.